This podcast is not to be used as medical advice or medical education. If you are experiencing pain, discomfort, or any other medical or physical ailment, please consult a licensed medical doctor or physical therapist. This is the strategy of fitness. Hey, this is Dan Gorin from the Strategy of Fitness Podcast. We'd like to thank you for all of your support. And if you love the podcast, please recommend to a friend. Find the Strategy of Fitness on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Please like, subscribe, follow, and leave a review if you can. On Instagram, we are at the Strategy of Fitness. And we also give you the best gym songs every week. The Strategy of Fitness official hitters playlist on Spotify. The Strategy of Fitness recently partnered up with Whoop, the best wearable technology you can use for any type of fitness that you're into. Just click on the link in our Instagram bio and sign up and get $30 off. Welcome back to the Strategy of Fitness podcast. My name is Nick Cressy, joined weekly by Dan Gorin and Rob Rowland. We're going to kick it off right away. I wanted to start this with you and your first day at Thunderbro. Tell us about it. Uh, yeah, it was great, man. So uh, I started today the Dave Lipson Programming. Sent me some dietary advice too. It was awesome. It was just a lot of good bodybuilding stuff. I forgot like what a really, really, really good pump feels like. I think it's a good fit for where I am right now. Like you suggested it last week, Nick, with my wrist, like doing my rehab. So kind of portion of my days, like rehabbing the wrist and then doing a lot of what I would consider for the wrist. So more uh, proximal movements, a lot of accessory movements, buys, tries, chest and back where I'm having to stabilize the wrist. So I think it's almost like an adjunct rehab, but then we're also getting a nice pump today was with the upper body. So really cool stuff. And a new addition to the gym, which comes tomorrow, because I need a lot of different dumbbells, as was proven today, where I was kind of like getting gas with my limited dumbbell selections a little over the place. But I got the power blocks that Rob had recommended on one of our episodes. So really cool purchase. And I go from five to 50 pounds. And it's going to be good because a lot of the sets and rep ranges within the Muscle Anarchy program that Dave has provided me is, is not the heaviest weights in the world, but it's much more like high rep super slow eccentrics, a lot of negatives. So I'm going to need those uh, every, every bit of those dumbbells. That's a huge gym purchase, by the way. Great space saver, a good price on Amazon, it looked like. You mentioned a diet. Now, does that come with the program? He just texted me some macros and threw out. And I was kind of talking to one of our listeners, good buddy of mine. You met him at the uh, competition, Sean. I was kind of going back and forth with him on diet. He's really good with that shit. And again, just one of those guys who's kind of been doing bodybuilding and CrossFit for forever and just has a good sense of things. So we we're kind of shooting back and forth. Dave Lipson shot, shot me 290 grams of protein a day. I've been, you know, on this podcast, my struggles to hit protein. I've been going 190 to 200. I hit like 250 today. That's a lot of fucking fucking meat, but I'm going to try to hang at 240, 250. What do you guys think about 240 to 250? It's going to be awesome, dude. You're going to be a different human. I'm telling you, in three months, you're going to look back and be like, whoa, 
Yeah, no, it's going to be cool. Like I said, I like trying something new. It's a good stage, kind of an in-between, you know, stage. And I'm working my way back into doing some CrossFit and some Olympic lifts, but I'm not quite there yet. I'm excited to try something new and just, you know, practice what we preach. You know, we can't do X, Y, or Z. Let's stay active. Let's, let's, let's tackle new goals and get after it. So pumped. And Dave's been great too. I've been DMing with Dave and he's been like really good as far as just like little questions here and there. So, and he was an awesome guest that I think a lot of people really liked. Yeah, people loved it. I was so excited to to wake up to a picture of Dan shirtless in his bathroom. Like, I'm gonna be so much more excited in three months when I see him with like 20 pounds of just extra protein on his frame. It's gonna be awesome. It is that 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 is a massive jump in in daily protein intake. By the way, I fucking love it. Rob, <laughs> what would you hit this week? Anything good? I haven't hit a workout since Saturday, and it was just an easy upper body workout. And my body's been sore since I haven't, I haven't done anything since I got, I don't know if it's the, the vid, I'm still waiting on my, my test results, but at least some kind of flu. And usually after like a day or two of being sick, I'm like itching to work out. I have not had a desire to like do anything the last couple of days, just total body fatigue. Oh, that's the worst. Are you getting tested? Do you have to? Yeah, I got, I got tested yesterday. I can't go back to work till I have a negative test. So it just didn't come in today. I got to wait till tomorrow. Hopefully. It's funny. They got those rapid tests that you can buy at the store. But if you go to a doctor like Gianna was she just turned seven, eight, poor thing. She was sick and we had to, she's been out of school all week because we had to wait three to five days for, for a negative test to come back. So not convenient, especially for adults, even less so for, for kids when you have to watch them. So kind of a son of a bitch. You know, the only thing worth mentioning for me this week, boys, is the granddaddy of them all. You do not listen to a strategy of fitness podcast without hearing about a 40-minute EMOM. Mine this week was true torture. It was Frazier again. It was the first minute, 16 cal row, second minute, DT, 155 pounds. And the third minute was prescribed assault bike, 15 cows. I hit up the, the chat, said, how do I do this for echo? They say subtract two. So I went 13 cal echo. The fourth minute was arrest. This was one that we always talk about, like the first, second, and third round. You're like, okay, like, okay, I'm all right. I did the first round of DT after the 16 cows, and I started thinking to myself, like, oh, bro, that, this isn't easy. But that minute rest, minute four, was, was a big help. I got to round six, and the, the mind really started to go. The grip was going on the hang power cleans. Started thinking how I'd never done more than five rounds of DT in a day before, and now I'm doing it in this workout. You know, the one, the one good thing is, is that 16 cows on a rower is pretty easy for me. I'm not pushing that hard to keep a 1350 to 1450 cow per hour pace. So was, was getting off with about 12 seconds to chalk up and go. Got to round eight and I had to video message someone because I'm in my gym by myself and I'm grunting and I'm almost crying and the shoulder to overhead at this point. Like I'm getting them three quarters of the way up and I'm like, I'm dropping the bar and I'm having to like, you know, I'm not unbroken on DT anymore. And I'm like, I got to talk to someone or I'm not going to finish this and I'll never do this again in my life. So I have to hold myself accountable. So then I, I hit you guys up real quick on my minute rest and I was super hurting nine. Hold on for dear life. 10 were there. We're just driving over the fucking cliff. So long explanation for if you ever want to truly ruin yourself, I've, Consider myself pretty fit. My arms are fucking shook. My hips where I'm slamming the bar off me, absolutely throttled. Just an all-around gut check, boys. That's why we do it for the brand. 
I, I can't believe you did that. I, I'm thinking in my head, like if I put like 95 on the bar, that would be like a fucking bloodbath. That's- I would love to see someone good like Tetlo hit, hit us up in the, in the DMs and was like, fuck that dude. Never. Which made me feel good because I was like, yeah. you know, Sorry. like that dude is like one of the fittest humans on earth. But I would love to see him go through that. He'd probably just fucking bulldoze it and not even be a problem. I, but- I bet I guarantee you're better than him at the rower on the bike by a substantial margin, though. No, he, he's definitely better. You, he's definitely going to be better on you on that barbell. I think it's I, I, I think you, you I don't know if that's like a wheelhouse workout for him. that's two movements. I, I think that an upper level CrossFit, you know, not super elite could hang with him on. Now the barbell, I think he's going to smoke you and oh, be a fuck. lot easier for him. Yeah. He's going to fucking smoke you, but the other stuff he can keep, you can keep up with. Well, regardless, I just biker today and I'll be hoping to get back in the gym tomorrow. I actually left him, but I couldn't, I, I wasn't doing much today. I was joking to you yesterday about Rabdo, Rob, obviously kidding, but I've got that, like, I've got that like really sore joint, you know, my elbows and my my shoulders and everything is hurting. It's good. It proves that you know we chased those doms. We got them. So did a few. Yeah, that's not that's not the good doms though. From like repetitive no. hand cleans and just no. catching that bar. That's that's not good. No, it's tr- it's actually bruising. Dan's going to be getting the good doms, which was, I, yeah. I had the pressure washer in my garage that was on the floor. It's kind of one of those things. Are- I'm like I've, I've been meaning to put it on the top shelf. So after my yeah, I think of the, the fifth set of one of the one of the workouts, I tried to like reach the the pressure washer like to the top shelf. My arm, I was like, oh, cool, my arms don't work anymore. This is this is great. Uh, good, the, the classic pump. All right, those, band, those bands will fuck you up too. Like he's got a lot of stuff that's like banded, like it was a kneeling banded landmine. Where I was like, not a lot of weight, but then when you add the bands and you add the eccentrics, dude, that really, really took me to task, man. It was fun. It's a science with that guy. It's going to be cool. I had several people hit me up. We're like, dude, I might, I might have to try him onto his program. He, he sounded, it sounded so good. So it'll be good. You're the guinea pig. Yeah, let's do it. All right, Dan, TF our guest, Grayson Strange, owner of Basis Health and Performance. Yeah, so Grayson Strange, we hit him up on the old internets, the social media, Instagram. Has a lot of cool videos, doing some awesome shit, and has a cool beard. He owns, like you said, his gym in Saratoga Springs and has had a vast experience in CrossFit and then has kind of transitioned to a lot of kettlebell training, a good holistic approach to health and fitness, including FRC, which we talk about quite a bit on this podcast. And overall, he was a really fucking great dude and an awesome interview. So I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to the Strategy of Fitness podcast, Grayson Strange, owner of Basis Health and Performance. What's going on, man? How much, man? Just finishing up some PT with somebody, you know, usual Wednesday night. Hey, 8.45 on Wednesday night. Still putting it yeah. in. I love it. Yeah, man. Got to squeeze it in when you can. Exactly. What did the workout look like today? We always like to start there. For me or my clients? For you. Oh, for me. That's a good question. Today, I did some Arthur lifting. I don't know if you're familiar with that weird old uh, old timey strongman lift. It's basically starts as a reverse deadlift. So you step in front of the bar, you pull it up behind you. You set it down over your low back and then you hike it up your back into like the, the back rack and then get it overhead. Split jerk was the way because I tried to go heavy. What's heavy look like with that? I got to 300 on that one today. It was my first time trying it though. So I think there's a little more in the tank, but I haven't done any behind the neck jerks for quite some time. So it felt unfamiliar. 
<laughs> is that like a leash? Yeah, I was saying, is that like performative strongman? We had a uh, Bud Jeffries on. He was a cool guest, and he talked about oh, performative dude. strongman. So, so it was like similar to that type of almost like like a circus trick. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's like it's one of the old, you know, strength demonstrations from the early era of you know like the physical culture times of like you know bent pressing, two handed, right. anyhow, all that good stuff. That's really cool, man. I I hadn't seen that before. It's a cool one. Yeah, it's definitely one of those that makes you look like you see that and you're like, why would you ever do that? It's a terrible idea. But it's it's a pretty cool one. It's definitely fun to play with. I mean, it definitely has some mobility requirements. You may just want to throw not throw yourself into some heavy ones right off the bat, but it's it's cool. I like a lot of that old school physical culture stuff though. 300 pounds from behind the behind the neck over your head by itself is good, man. So so good on no, you. I appreciate that. And the other piece. So that's awesome. Great to hear what you hit today. That that's badass. And we'll get into kind of your modality and and your range of motion and all the stuff that you get into. But yeah. how do you even get into this? What'd you do? You know, where'd you grow up? Did you play sports as a kid? Why why are you doing this? Yeah, I'll I'll fill you all in. I, I grew up in Denver. I got into strength training when I was in high school. I was just, you know, skinny little kid and I got picked on and all that good stuff, you know? So there was definitely like ego driven to get into strength training over the, I mean, you know, I started out doing like whatever I would see in magazines, classic bodybuilding stuff. I never trained my legs. I just bench press and did curls and things that I thought would make me look tough. And I went to Colorado State University in Fort Collins, got a degree in construction management, tried to go down the corporate pathway doing all that kind of stuff. And that was kind of when I found CrossFit and I really loved CrossFit. I got really into it and I ended up quitting my job, cashing in my 401k, moving into my parents' basement and coaching at a CrossFit gym. That was like 2009. And it just kind of led me down this rabbit hole of, you know, really doing what I was passionate about and starting to train people. We opened a CrossFit gym in Denver in 2011. That's where I met my wife. We did competitive CrossFit. We ended up having kind of a fallout with our business partners, moved to Northern California. We worked for Rob Wolf. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's like, the, you know, the, the paleo dude. We worked at NorCal Strength and Conditioning from like 2013 to 2016. And we opened our own gym in Chico, California. And that's really where we got into doing functional range conditioning, strongman training, you know, heart rate monitor conditioning and all that stuff. And we just recently moved to upstate New York. My partner stayed back in California to run the gym there. We have our gym here based in health and performance, New York, and we do personal training, a lot of online training. We have programs. Do that. So that was a very quick summary of the last 12 years or so. And it's great. We see a lot of people start in the CrossFit world and then kind of branch off. So what drove that branching off? Was it more of a business decision where you didn't want to get involved in something that you were involved in before? Or is it just like, man, I could tweak this or that and make it really my own and make something a little different, a little bit more special? Well, I mean, for me, I definitely like, I'm really bad at managing my own training and I definitely just hit it too hard. I got really burnt out. I was training with a couple of people who were training to go to the games and I, I was not quite at that level, but I really wanted to be. So I, you know, as I learned more, I mean, I, I was probably just overtraining. I mean, it was just, you know, in my, I'm close to 40 now, but in my late twenties, the focus was much different. It was just a lot on really pushing the workout and I didn't really worry about all the other stuff. I mean, my nutrition was okay. I would sleep, but outside of that, I wasn't really, I didn't have a good recovery mindset and I didn't have a lot of movement prerequisites, I would call them now to do a lot of the stuff that I was doing. I mean, you know, I'd snatch, my shoulders would hurt. I do butterfly pull-ups, my shoulders would hurt. And I kind of hit, had an epiphany 
right around when I turned 30, where I was really strong in the gym, but I was pretty damn fragile every other way. It's like, oh, today I pulled 500 pound deadlift, but tomorrow I'll probably throw my back out tying my shoes. Like it was just this really weird duality of feeling kind of shitty while I was still trying to perform really well. And so I kind of transitioned more out, out of the conditioning side to just get into Olympic weightlifting because I really liked that. But I still ran into a lot of those same problems and, you know, kind of just going more towards like, it definitely changed my perspective as I got older, just, you know, hurting myself doing things that I've been doing for a long time that normally felt okay. It just kind of got worse and worse until I really felt like I needed to expand my horizons and have a, a better mindset towards longevity, you know, just not being broken by the time I'm 40. So that kind of got me further away from CrossFit. And then when I got into functional range conditioning, that was definitely a deep dive down a rabbit hole that really changed my whole perspective towards training. So that was kind of finding that stuff and then getting that just got me further away from the performance stuff to really try to reset everything. Talk to us a little bit about the, the FRC. We've had a couple guests talk about it, but we haven't really done like a, a deep dive into functional range conditioning. So can you give us like the 30,000 foot view of what, what that means? Yes. Yes. I'll try to do my best to not make it too, not get down in the weeds too much. I mean, essentially a really simple way to look at it is it's generally like joint specific training, but it's not, it's, it's more of a system and an approach towards, you know, physical training. Like we really look, we start off with assessing a joint's range of motion and, you know, like a shoulder, for instance, it's very important that a shoulder has fundamental range of motion, internal and external rotation, because that shows that we have space inside the joint capsule, the rotator cuff that it does what it's supposed to. Every activity has kind of a, a certain number of prerequisites. Like if you want to do a pull-up, your shoulder needs to have enough space, one, to get into shoulder flexion, and then it has to, the tissue has to work there. So you can do pull-ups and not make your shoulder hurt. So essentially it's, it just really looks at like this person that I'm training or myself, whoever that is, like, what is this person's current setup? What are their, what are their capacities? What are they capable of? And then you look at what do they want to do? And if they're missing some of those prerequisites, it really just gives us a simple system to get that person up to being able to do a pull-up or a snatch, or, I mean, it could be something as simple as a squat. So there's, you know, like a lot of, I think what a lot of people are used to are kind of looking at like, I'm going to watch this person squat. And based on what their squat looks like, that's going to tell me a lot about their joint mobility. The problem is with a, a movement like a squat where you have lots of things at play, you have lots of different tissue working and lots of joints. It doesn't tell us specifically how maybe their hip works from an internal and external rotation standpoint. It doesn't tell us exactly if that hip has enough fundamental range of motion because your body's awesome at doing lots of stuff that you may not have the prerequisites for, but usually down the road, some kind of weird stuff will happen. So it's really just a system that allows us to assess what's, what the current capacities are and then gives us a pretty simple roadmap to get somebody towards doing those things. So, you know, we kind of operate under that mindset of like, there's no good or bad movements. There's just really prepared or unprepared tissue joints, whatever you want to call it. I really like that term movement prerequisite. I'm going to have to steal that from you. Do it, man. I stole it from somebody else. So I, I yeah. take no credit for any of this. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. And then I think I, I like about the FRC, which I've done a few courses to the Institute of Physical Art. It's it's kind of a physical therapy centered. It's an approach to rehab. But, but one of the things that I like about FRC that I've been introduced to with IPA that I really think is a fu great fundamental ideal is it's not only let's not just get the range of motion back of the joint. But let's do some isometrics or some eccentrics working towards end range of that end range of motion of that newly acquired motion in order to really 
make everything work together. So although you're getting the joint range of motion back, it seems like FRC is kind of on the same page with the IPA where it's like, okay, cool, you got that range of motion back. But instead of just stretching it into oblivion, now let's do some isometrics at end range or let's do some eccentrics to end range to really make totally. it stick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say, you know, like the, the system itself is, is not... It's not like some new thing that was just created out of the blue. It's really based on a lot of the current exactly, research and yeah. old stuff. I mean, it's just right. a compilation yeah. of all this stuff. So there's there's totally components of passive stretching. Like if you don't you don't have the, the tissue is not flexible enough to even get into that position. Well, one, you, you can't train a position you can't get into. So we need to do some passive stretching to get there. But if we just passive stretch alone, we're missing a lot of opportunity to turn that into usable range of motion because our cells only understand loading, right? Like they don't have eyes and ears. So essentially the load that we apply to them really dictates what those cells currently can do. And then what those new cells coming in are going to be able to do. So say if I were to look at like an elbow, if I don't have enough elbow extension in an untrained state, we lose range or lose strength in the sense of like power generation or force absorption, the further we get into our end range. So we stretch tissue to get in that new position. And then after we've been there long enough, we do those isometrics, like you were saying, kind of starting with isometrics. And essentially what that does is that just builds up more capacity in those typically weaker end ranges. So the cool part about this stuff, I mean, essentially it, it works on the same principles as strength training. Like a lot of people use isometrics and eccentrics for all kinds of stuff. It's very much the same. We're just applying that at a much more focused level of like this specific position of this joint. And we're trying to target this specific tissue to increase its capacity. So you, as a side effect, you get more strength without having to do more squats, right? Like if I build up more capacity in my hip internal and external rotation, one that gives me better space around my hip capsule or, or the head of my femur. So I have a healthier hip essentially, but the principles that I use to get to that point build up more strength in those end ranges. So essentially, if I just have a hip that now can generate more force through more range of motion, I can probably squat more weight because of that, just because I have more strength through that range of motion that I'm going to be using. And it really, I mean, you can apply the same principles to your big toe or your thumb or shoulder internal external rotation. It's, it's cool because it's unbiased. It really is just, you can be applied anywhere and it's not also biased towards like, this is only good for powerlifting or yoga or whatever. Honestly, if you make a joint have more capacity and movement, it's just going to be better at whatever you want to do with that joint. So it's there's lots of cool side effects that you get out of it. And with the FRC, I mean, I'm the layman again. Is it an augment or is it a way of being, right? Like, is it something that a CrossFitter could? Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming Great question. it's supplemental, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think, you know, depending where you, what circles you hang out in and on the internet, you go to Instagram. I mean, a lot of people, you're, you see people do FRC stuff and you're like, oh, this is an FRC person. This is like their thing to do. I mean, the first thing that they'll tell you when you go to their certification is like, you are not here to do FRC because that's your thing that you want to get good at. That's like, you're missing the whole idea if you go do that. This is essentially just a system that you can use to enhance whatever physical thing that you want to do. So it's, that's definitely what the intention is. Like, if you want to do CrossFit, CrossFit has way high demands on you know, volume and range of motion and intensity and all of that stuff. So if you can squeeze a little more capacity out of each one of those pieces that you're using, you're going to get a lot more longevity and really just more effective training out of CrossFit. I think sometimes that gets missed though. Like, I think a lot of people, I, I, I see, you know, clients who come in who heard of FRC and they're like, I know I need mobility, but like, I don't want to just do mobility. Like I want to work out like totally. We're going to work out. It's more so let's look at what's actually going to be good for you right now. And let's try to find all the things that you want to do within that. And then concurrently we'll work on expanding more range of motion. So you can do more of those things 
with more longevity down the road. So it's definitely like you, you do this with your other training. There's no human being that needs this more than I do. I promise you, because the amount oh. of training I go out, I don't stretch. I don't warm up. The first, the first exercise of the day is snatch. The first warm up is 135 pound snatch. My body is going to eventually snap in half. I know you're it. speaking to my soul right here, my friend. That's what I, I mean. It was like a 135 snatch is a warm up. It's lighter than what I'm going to go to. That exactly. Come on. Yeah, totally, What's man. What's going to get me ready to snatch more than warming up the snatch light? You know? Exactly. No, I, I, I mean. feels a certain way. And then my lower back feels a certain type of way. And then my yeah. knees feel a certain type of way. And then for three weeks, I'm cussing and bitching when I know what it is. So yeah. I, I, I think I knew the answer to that question. I just had to ask it. Yeah, no, it's, it's good to rehear it. I mean, I, I totally resonate with that because I did that for a long time. Just I'm going to deadlift. So like 225 is an appropriate warm up deadlift because it's like, you know, 30% of my max or whatever that is, you know, it's like this really simple mindset. And I mean, the one cool thing about it is that where I really struggled with it in the beginning, because I just like, I, I let, it's easy for me to let my ego dictate what I do when I work out. You know, it's like, I could work on my shoulder rotation today. I would much rather bench press though. It takes shoulder rotation to bench press, but let's bench press. So, you know, I definitely had some points of fig trying to balance out, like really prioritize where I need to fix some stuff versus the sexy things that I want to do. I will say the best thing that functional range conditioning has done for my own training is like, it's eliminated all of those nagging things that I had. Like I did, I deadlifted yesterday. My, my low back is sore today. I always thought that was normal. It doesn't have to be that way. I just have more capacity in my spine now so I can deadlift heavy and it doesn't bug my back because I have you know more strength through more range of motion. It's allowed me the one to feel a lot better and train a lot less and still make more progress. Like my overall strength training volume is, is probably the lowest it's ever been. I mean, with the kids and stuff, especially now that we all work from home, I get like three days a week of 90 minutes about strength training. I have a little bit of FRC stuff that I do every day. And the other three days I do like low intensity zone two cardio with the heart rate monitor on to make sure I'm not working outside of those outside of 80%. If you know me, you know, I'm always on the run up early and home late. So having a three hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG one. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG one a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash proven grit. That's drinkag1.com slash proven grit. Check it out. And that's it. And for me, that's a lot less than what I had really gone accustomed to, especially during the CrossFit days of like, I do, you know, I do my Metcon, I do my strength training session, maybe another Metcon. I'm looking at like two to three hours of training a day. 
doesn't quite quite work after you have children, but you know, like, so, I mean, that's really where I want to go. Like I want to, you know, satisfy the meathead side and my ego and lift heavy stuff and do things that I find interesting, but I really want to feel good. And I don't want to spend two to three hours a day training because I just don't have time to do that anymore. So it's really allowed that balance. I would say from a business perspective, if you're a coach or a trainer or you have a gym, in my opinion, it's one of the best things that you could implement because up to this point, we've been doing FRC stuff for about five years now. I've never found anything that really resolves people's issues 100%. It's always kind of been some component of like, I know that you can't do these things. So we're just going to stay away from those. And all these things seem to be okay. So we'll really just focus on that and just try to stay away from that other stuff as opposed to really addressing what's making you not able to do that stuff. And so it is a simple way to do that. So I think from a business perspective, it's, you know, the longer you can keep, keep people coming back and feeling good. And really, you know, you fix somebody's knee pain that's had knee pain for 20 years, you probably are going to have a client for a really long time because of that. So it just, you know, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, Grace. And so the one thing I like about the FRC too, so there's a couple of notes I kind of had on that I want to talk to you about. When you're taking the course, I think it's a cool thing to have you know, personal trainers who are treating clients to have an understanding of joint range of motion. That's really something that's, I think, kind of new. I think that FMS, I don't know if you ever took the FMS courses, the great cook or his, I've heard of it yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he came out of the FMS and it's kind of dated, you know, the, the studies that, that were on the FMS didn't turn out too well, but it was, it was a, a drive to come up with a movement screen yeah. that w- could be run. It could be run by health professionals. It could be run by personal trainers. It could be run by CrossFit coaches and, and try to get everyone on the same page. Right. Sure. And I think it was a great attempt to try to get everyone on the same page. But what we saw with that is it doesn't really pan out, right? Like those seven movements that they use didn't really do the job of predicting injuries that it said it was going to do it. Just, it wasn't there, but I thought it was a good effort. I think it's cool about FRC is I know that, you know, as a PTI could take it as a, as a personal trainer, you could take it. And then we could look at this stuff and interact and be like, yo, like, let's get on the same page. This person is lacking major shoulder external rotation, like from a PT side, like let's work on that stuff here. But then you're going to go to your session with Grayson later and you're going to work on your snatch. Like, and then we could all kind of get on the same page. I think there's some real good kind of applicability to the program and, and kind of sure. educating everyone and getting everyone to, uh, working together. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, cause if you really think about it, like training and rehab can be very much the same thing. It just depends on what, what you're working on, right? Like really the idea of like, I think a lot of people approach training, like I'm going to, it's easy to do this, but I want to keep hitting these things that I'm good at. And in my mind, that's training. But in reality, like training should be addressing those weak points in the chain, you know, like fixing stuff, making things work better, doing stuff that you couldn't do, making that doable. Like that is really training. So I think the more we can get towards that mindset and then really all just kind of speak the same language, because yeah, I mean, we have for a long time, we'd have the same thing. Like somebody would be like, I'm in PT. I'm not supposed to do any of these things with this shoulder. And so it was like, okay, well then we'll just completely ignore that shoulder. But like, it's all, if you want stuff to adapt, it all takes time and tension. So if you have you got your PT doing your PT stuff and then you can get in and see somebody in the gym and you're still doing your training and you, maybe you're getting extra stimulus, but you understand what's an appropriate amount of stimulus on that funky shoulder. Then we can get all that. And that person's getting that much more overall stimulus to get them where they want to go. I think that's absolutely a huge thing. 
And not getting deconditioned too. Now we're not getting yeah. deconditioned and we're working through that. So yeah, I think, I think it has some really good applications there. And also too, when you're, when you're taking those joints and you're putting those, those joints through range of motion, and this is what I tell people is people, you know, they'll come to me later in life. Oh, I got osteoarthritis in my knees because I ran, you know, in high school. It's like, well, it's not because you ran in high school. It's because you fucking didn't run from high school until now. Like that's why you're <laughs> fucking LA. Right. Yeah, so no doubt. And, and what can I think the FRC and, and joint mobility is the more you keep that joint moving through more ranges of motion, the more nutrition you're going to provide, provide for it. And I think it's going to increase right. the overall length of that joint's life. So I think it's uh, really important stuff what you're doing there, Grayson. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's one of the first things I say to people. I mean, I generally get this people come in and I am I am I am X age. This is why I feel that way. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That just doesn't matter at all because it, it literally just, what have you done up to this point? Like my fucking six-year-old can't touch her toes with straight legs. Like she needs hamstring work to make her hamstrings more mobile. And she's only six. So it doesn't matter. You could be six or 80. We've all led really different lives with lots of different physical inputs. And that all kind of dictates where we are right now. But it's like all that stuff is changeable. We can change. We can elicit change if we give the, the tissue the right stimulus. So get that age thing out of your head. Like. Maybe you, you have tight hamstrings because you just let them get tight over the last 20 years. That's okay. It's fixable. I was going to ask you if you had to boil down one of the most common, common challenges to overcome with a new client. And I would, I would assume it kind of is that, right? Kind of either making an excuse for whatever the reason is for the pain, or is it not having the patience to address a problem and that it, it, a blend of both? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, think, I think a lot of the time, I'd say one of the biggest hurdles to get people to understand is just like understanding the reality of biology. Like, okay, cool. You're here. You want to get strong. You want to lose weight. Your back kills you when you sit in the car for 30 minutes. Like we got a few things to tackle. I try to be very honest with people about like, what's a reasonable amount of time to like stick with this stuff to really start to feel some changes because we definitely live in a, you know, immediate immediate change society, like do these three things to fix your back pain. It's like, oh, our bodies are way more complicated than that. Like these three things might've fixed your back pain, but I could have 10 people in front of me and these three things might fuck their back up. Like it's not, it's never that simple. Our cells take time to change over. So I really try to be honest with people just about like, I want to get a commitment out of you just from, you need to invest, you know, three months is a really reasonable time to start working out and start feeling better and start seeing some really noticeable changes. If you're looking to see these really radical changes in two weeks, you have a misunderstanding of how fast this process works. So I think a lot of it is just like, one, let's look at a longer time scale and look at consistency because that's what really all comes down to. Like, I really, it doesn't have to be grueling workouts every day and it doesn't have to take up a huge amount of your time, but you do need to get some kind of daily stimulus in, whatever that is. If that's walking, you know, do your, your joint mobility routine, get a couple strength days in a week, manage your sleep, eat well, you know, all the basic stuff. And then the other thing is, I think a lot of, a lot of people kind of have the mindset too of like, I have this issue. I need to go find somebody to fix it. So I want to go do massage. I want to do all of this stuff. And I try to explain to people that like all of that stuff where somebody else is doing the work, where you're being stressed, you're being massaged, all that, if it feels good, that's great. But like what creates change is, is work. Our tissue needs to be loaded. And that's the one thing that makes it change. Everybody seems to understand, like if I want to squat and I get a bigger back squat, I need to squat but a lot of people have a different approach. Like my shoulder doesn't work like a shoulder is supposed to. I want somebody else to make my shoulder get better. I want to go see a PT. I want them to deal with this. So I really try to tell people like, I expect you to work on this. You have to create the challenge inside that tissue yourself. You got to make some internal tension there and make that thing work. And that's, what's going to make a change. I can't fix your shoulder for you. I can tell you what you need to do, 
but it has to be work on your end to make that happen. So I think those are probably the two biggest, the biggest things I get when I have people come in. Grayson, when you're talking about the evolution of your, your own training, you keep mentioning longevity, especially yeah. the listeners of, of this podcast and we're kind of all on that. I don't know, early late thirties range kind of got past that initial heavy lifting phase and, and trying to find what the rest of the, the training, the rest of your life is going to look like. So give us some of those grace and pearls for like, how do I, I shift to a train for longevity kind of mindset? What, what, are, what are the grace and pearls there? Yeah, yeah, totally. So I always use this analogy of like, okay, there's, if your, your body is like a ship in the ocean that's sailing forward and that ship is sailing forward 24 hours a day. And essentially the stimulus that you give your body directs which way that ship goes. And you could look at this as a, you know, a very like black and white example. Like if I just stopped moving and I stopped exercising and I sat on my ass and watched TV and ate bonbons all day, that ship is going to very severely start to veer towards losing muscle mass, range of motion, movement capacity, right? All that stuff by moving, by, you know, taking my joints to their full range of motion, eating, sleeping, getting enough protein, working out, we start to steer the ship the other way. So I, I really, you know, I think having that mindset of like, I need to give my body this feedback every day. You know, I think a lot of people think like, okay, I, if I go to the gym like four days a week and I get my four hours of exercise in, that's going to be enough. And that's a, I mean, that's a huge hurdle to get over. And that's awesome. If you can get to that point of like, you're working out four hours a day, but what I really try to get everybody to start thinking about is every single day, we, no matter what we do, we all need a little bit of extra movement stimulus outside of what we do, because generally our lives kind of revolve around pretty repetitive patterns. Like we stand, we sit, we lay down, we go to the gym, we go to the gym, we do these patterns. I squat, I deadlift, I snatch, I press and curl or whatever. But the, the overall potential of our bodies for movement is massive. Like the amount of, of movement that a shoulder has can be really, really big. And whatever parts we're not using over a long enough period, that stuff starts to go away. So what I like about functional range conditioning outside of like the strength gains that you can make and making joints work better is that it's just a really easy way to introduce more movement stimulus into your into your life, into your body. And, and your body responds to that by one, if we go through like what we call the cars routine, it's essentially moving each joint through its full range of motion, isolating that one joint and moving it through its full range of motion. A couple reps takes about 10 minutes a day to get through it. That alone is giving your body enough stimulus where you're saying, Hey, I need my neck to be able to do all of this stuff. None of that stuff is okay to get rid of. So your body will hold on to it. So that on top of like, finding things, a few things that really give you a lot of trouble, giving your body a little bit of extra stimulus on improving that every day. And if you, so if you could dedicate like 20 to 30 minutes every single day that you're not considering training time and you're just finding ways to build in more movement throughout your day, I'd say that's probably one of the biggest things that would really improve everybody's overall well-being as far as movement goes. And would also really counteract that thing that we all seem to accept of I'm in my late thirties. And you know, now when I squat, it kills my knees. It's not because squatting is necessarily bad for your knees. It just might mean that your knee needs a little bit more movement capacity to make those squats feel okay. And I think everybody's really accepting of that though, is like, I mean, I hear that over and over, like, how old are you? Oh yeah. Your back's going to kill you when you're 60. You just wait, buddy. You know, like that, that, that kind of mindset is such bullshit because it doesn't have to be that way. It's just as more of an indication of like, how long have you not given your back good movement stimulus? Does your spine behave like a spine is supposed to? So I think that would be my biggest pearl is like, find ways to build in more movement into your life without thinking of it as exercise and training. Like, because the more you get to that, the more you're going to be able to exercise and feel really good doing it. 
Man, that's awesome. I think that's a really good pearl and one that I know I could take some advice from, and, and I'm sure the most of the listeners can. Before we get you out of here and shout you out on you know what you're doing at Basis and where people can find you, we got we got to get three quick hitters that we ask every guest are the most important part of the pod, and the first one is the most important question, and it's what's your favorite non-alcoholic seltzer? Favorite non-alcoholic seltzer? A seltzer? Could it be like ginger ale? Does that count as seltzer? It not be ginger ale unless you literally have no other answer. And it would have to be a, a grapefruit seltzer. Okay. Any brand? Are you loyal to any brand in particular? I'm not loyal. Interesting. Yeah. I'm learning a lot about you with this question, Grayson. I, I, I can tell a lot about a guy by the, the, the fucking seltzers he drinks. <laughs> so this is good to know. This is good. All right. I'll be honest, though. I haven't had a grapefruit seltzer for a long time. So I don't know if that's helpful or not. But I don't know. Just grab a, a spindrift. I think they're called. They're, they're good. If you ever see them. Spindrift's in- bomb. No. Yep. My kids drink spindrift. There we go. All right. So he's definitely not a LaCroix guy. I also would have been Pomplemousse, not grapefruit. So you expose yourself a little bit there. That's true, man. I did. I know. My French is lacking anyway. I wouldn't have been able to pronounce it correctly. So, so number two, we need a strength standard from you. So this, you, like if somebody comes into your gym, throws down this lift, this number means this person just blows you away with their strength level. It could be, you talked about your Arthur lift. It could be like that. It could be some kind of lift you do with your braids. I want something unique to, to grace in here. Uh, unique for me would be how much somebody can bent press. That's a special one in my heart. Are you familiar with the bent press? Yeah, I, I am familiar with it, but let's, what, what's the number you like to see on that? Oh, well, the holy grail to me is the body weight bent press. Okay. That, that's you, the first one for the your body weight. Yeah, I'm, I am. That's one of my training goals. So we're saying <laughs> Nick, Nick thought you said bench press and he got really excited. Now he's looking up bent oh, press and realized he doesn't have that. I did. I'm 100%. I was like, God damn it. I thought, he, I thought you were being a jackass saying bench press. And then you started talking about it. I was like, no, he's not talking about bench press. Yeah. Yeah. Body weight bench press. You're my hero. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, so, dope. that's big for some people. Yeah, go ahead. So that's the old time, again, more like your old timey performative stuff, right? It looks cool. Time, no, yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking at it right now. It's, that's cool. Like, and I think that rogue has been doing those challenges and I think they did a one arm snatch. It's kind of like a throwback to some of those uh, old, yeah, which I, I yeah. thought was really cool. Like that's a fucking hard lift, a one arm snatch with a barbell. Like there's guys oh, that dude, are doing that. Early. I, I I wouldn't even fucking attempt that. That's crazy. But I yeah, just go on Instagram and watch Klockoff do like his, you know, two Oh five, one arm snatch. Oh. No big deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got that fucking freak. Last quick hitter. You're going for a one rep max. Let's say you're, you're going for your body weight bent press. What song you throw it on? One that always seems to work. I don't know if you're familiar with method man's first album, but there is a song it's called release. Yo Delph. I don't know why it's spelled that way. Like release yourself. A little bit of slang there. <laughs> no, I'm good, man. We love Method Man. I think he's on the list two or three times, right? We love him. As he should be. And and Nick, I'm rewatching The Wire. I've never seen The Wire before. He does make a, a great yep. appearance in The Wire, too. Oh, yeah. dude, yeah. Method Man has had some wonderful cameos over the years. Oh, man. So before we let you out of here, how can people find you? Where's your gym? What's your program? And they can snag from you online. Give it to us. Oh, thank you. All right. Basis Health and Performance New York is the name of our gym. We have a studio. It's in Saratoga Springs, New York. We have online programming on Train Heroic. We have an online kin stretch program. It's four classes a week. We update every week. We also have online strength training, 
The strength training has a lot of functional range conditioning components. We also have a conditioning program itself for like heart rate monitor conditioning and very intensities. That stuff's all on our like link on my Instagram bios on there. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, this has been great, man. Look, Dan and I are committed one of these days. We've met so many badass gym owners. We're just going to hit the, the Eastern Seaboard and just hit them. Oh, you guys have so one of these days. We're going to throw down open invitation anytime. I'll do some snatches with you. I saw you snatch 275 not too long ago, right? I did. Yeah. That was so dope, dude. <laughs> uh, a life, lifetime goal that I didn't even know about until about 2015 that I really thought it was a lifetime goal. <laughs> uh, super man. impressive, man. Super impressive. Awesome. Um, I'll have to, I'm going to send you guys a kin stretch class. So you have one, if you ever want to try it out and some cars and stuff, that way you just have that if you ever want to do yeah. it. So I'll send that. Absolutely. To you. I'll give that a try. Grayson, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate oh, thank it. you guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Have a good night. It's nice to meet you all. Yeah, you, you too. Thanks, man. All right. Take care. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I sent you mid interview that Arthur lift. What the fuck is that about that? I've never seen anything like it. Have you guys? I've seen impressive. some weird, like classic strength movements. Like you talked about the band press, the Arthur lift. I've never heard of. That's a new one for me. So I will not be trying that. Really badass stuff, man. I'm looking at it again right here as we're chatting. Just the most foreign looking thing. I really enjoyed talking to him. And then one day, Rob, you're of course invited, but I feel like it's going to be tough. We're going to, we're actually going to <laughs> just, just <laughs> uh, we got to do trips, Jim, Pat Davidson's. And then think, uh, about, yeah. think, about, think about what we could hit. We could be up there. We could hit a workout with in central park with central park, Joe. Yeah. Central park, Joe. Yeah. yeah. We got a lot of New York. We got a lot of New York flavor. We could yeah, do that. Pat and Pat Davidson. Davidson, we could do Joe and Pat Davidson in one freaking day. Yeah, go and, and Grayson. Hit Grayson and then head up to, to Steve Tripp. Like, man. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like a great vlog. It would be a good vlog. No, if, if we're doing it, we're going to do like the 4K, you know, fucking, you know, what are the cameras? The GoPros. We'll do GoPro. We'll do YouTube. Fucking everything. That's right. So I, I, I got to shout out Grayson, too. He's the first guest that sent us a thank you email immediately after the pod. What a professional move. Like, it automatically moves to the top of the list for guests for me now. Number one, he's a Hall of Famer, first ballot, and look, he just doesn't know that, yeah, you know, we're, we're nice guys, but he's nicer than us, and, you know, we appreciate it. We're usually sending the thank yous to them. He beat us to it, so good for him. Boys, I want to kick this, this debrief off with something I've been thinking about a lot lately, and it's a new segment. I don't have any music for it yet, but it's If You Had To. And look, this, this could pop up at any time. I could start asking, guess this. I could ask it on the front end, but I've been watching a lot of Disney movies recently. My kid's sick. I told you that. And what got me thinking was if you had to solicit the hand of one of the Disney princesses, who would it be and why? Now you're in their world. So you don't have to, if you, if you say Nala, you are a lion. Who and why? Dan, I'm going to kick it to you first because you're the one. <laughs> I, I can't keep a straight face looking at Rob's face. This will take two seconds, by the way, because I've been thinking about this since I was 10 years old. <laughs> Give it to me. A fucking Jasmine. A goat. Okay. Yeah, so, Jasmine. Yeah. I mean, she's got a pet tiger, sick castle, love her hair. The, the dance she does for Jafar at the end of Aladdin. Been thinking about that one again since I was 10 years old. So, yeah, I've, I've been watching a lot of these movies. Brain's always working. Um, I think Jasmine's beautiful. I'll go Jasmine. What about you, Rob? Do we have the ages for the Disney princesses? It doesn't matter. Like no, I knew you were going to ask that. I mean, yeah. look, if you go Moana, I'm going to call you a fucking weirdo, but we're not going there. 
let's pick someone that at least looks like an adult. But you don't have to worry about them being underage because we are their age. Yeah, like like I, I understand. I understand the question. So like, if you say Nala, then you're going to be like a two year old lion cub, right? Like right. that's what that's the game we're playing. So if you said Merida from Brave, what is she? Probably seventeen or sixteen. You're a sixteen year old dude who's exactly. trying to win her heart. Okay, that, that's a fair question. Yeah, yeah. And again, let's get real too. Like, I mean. When I was introduced to a lot of these movies, I, like I said, I watched Aladdin in the theaters when I was 10 years old. Like I had a crush on Jasmine. Like that's just how life goes when you're 10. Exactly. I think, I think Dan's got the best choice, man. I, I love the, the dark hair, dark skin type look. Obviously, Mara's got the, the Jasmine type look. So I got <laughs> I, I to steal that one from Dan. The archetype. Look, I like Jasmine. She's an easy pick. Really rich too, right? Like we're looking for a, a, sure, a, mama. a meal yeah. ticket. Let's go. Her that dad seems said, pretty, yeah. That said, a little Kardashian vibe there. So I'm going to stay away. I'm going to veer. I'm going to go the exact opposite way. I'm going Belle because, first of all, look, daddy issues up and down, right? That guy's a fucking nut. She made some bad decisions with Gaston, <laughs> uh, but Gaston and I would probably get along better than I'd like to admit. He's kind of a jock, eh, you know, a bit of a narcissist. But I think I could be a bit less narcissistic, slide in there. She's a good singer, seems to be able to keep a house together. Well-read. You know, what's that? She's well-read. Well-read, of course, yeah. And, and she, she gets that into the songs that she sings, so I like that about her. And again, when she's under house arrest with the Beast, she's just making herself helpful. I love a girl that can make herself helpful. I like a person that can make herself helpful, but especially one that I'm taking on a date and potentially, you know, my fairy tale princess. So... Bell, you got my heart. Well, also, let's 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 talk about this too. Bell in the real life version of the Beauty and the Beast was played by Emma Watson, one of the, the most beautiful, smartest women, you know, on God's green earth. So sure. shout out to you, Emma Watson. Shout out to you, Emma Watson. I, I know she listens, so yeah. And Grayson, so sorry if you're still listening to this, that on the back end of the <laughs> awesome interview we're yeah, talking yeah. about Disney princesses. But I think, you know, you're down with the you're down with the vibe at this point. All right, boys. Well, I had to get that off my chest. Again, that will be popping up because throughout my day, sometimes I just think like, if you had to, what would you do? You smoke anything this week, Rob? I did. Lidl had the, the grass-fed chuck roast going. So threw it on the Traeger at 250 for a few hours, took it up to a 160 internal. I wasn't going to eat it that night. So I threw it in the crock pot for 24 hours on low. Did the pulled beef the next night on a little sandwich through some... Actually, if you get the Irish cheddar blocks from Aldi, I shredded some of that on there. There's some raw onion on I made a little sandwich out of it. It was it's fantastic. I still have some. I made some eggs with it this morning. It's, it's really good. So good. So good. I didn't have anything great. I will tell you, I went to Austin. Austin, Texas, first time ever. Give that city on a work trip, say 8.2 out of 10. A lot of fun, lots of seltzers, Rambler, sparkling water. Tried that. It was new. It was good. New for me. And I will say they do brisket better than I've had really anywhere. The ribs, I don't think were as hot. You know, it's barbecue everywhere there. But their brisket, I had it three different places and it was it was something else. So did you do the Franklin's thing and wait all day for brisket or go to any like the famous spots or just just found the closest? We went to two of the places were the closest thing I could possibly find. And we went to one famous place, but I don't even remember the name. It was, it was really good. But it, to be honest with you, it wasn't that much. It was a really long line, but it wasn't that much different than the other two I had. Just good. You know, they all pride themselves on how long their, their meat cooks. 
you and I get it. And it's just that salt and pepper rub. They keep it real simple. It's all, they just like to let the meat show, show what it's got. Yeah, exactly. What's up, man? Uh, I was going to say, I'll tell you what not to do with beef and barbecue is I went to, so shout out to David, Danielle, the owners of our gym getting married. I think between now and the last time that we talked and mission barbecue catered their wedding. I love barbecue. And I'll tell you what doesn't mix is the plethora of white claws and beers I had, and then had a massive workout in the morning. Didn't eat a ton during the day. Got my plates of mission barbecue. Dude, I went from zero to, I went from fun day to sleepy Dan in 2.4 seconds. And after that second plate got down, dude, dude, barbecue does not keep the party going. Whatever the opposite of, it's like the opposite of a Red Bull and vodka for me. It it just took me down to a bad, dark place. It's a heavy meal. It's heavy. And you eat too much of it before you know it. There may be some variety. And next thing you know, you're just full of meat. There's no, there's you ever no try to, in there. You ever try to go to a Fogo to Chow and try to do something afterwards? It's impossible. Your night's over after that. Been to that place. I, I've, I've heard great things. It depends, bro. Like if you go literally by the end, you're just hating everyone you're with, especially like if you Ubered there or something, which I did in like San Diego. Me and the meatheads from the Navy would go like on a Friday after training and by like, We'd be in there. We'd be sweating from eating too much meat. And I'd be like, just get the fuck off me. Like, I just want to go home and go to sleep. Like, fuck away from me. We had all these elaborate plans. Like, no, I need to go comatose for 12 hours and fucking not talk to anyone. Because you literally, you know, you, you what is it? Like 75 bucks a head? You eat as yeah. much possible meat. And yeah. Gross. It's fun. Yeah, That's really how you good. get the 300 grams of protein right there, Dan. Fogo to shout every night. Oh my God. I might go broke uh, this meal plan anyway, as it stands. Lidl didn't know it hit it today. <laughs> so aside from aladdin and beauty of the beast what's the stream of the week we have to talk about many saints of newark did you guys watch no can't yet rob it's a prequel no actually yeah i would save it for the end of sopranos i'll be giving it a seven out of ten they stuck true to a lot of the old school sopranos stuff i thought the movie some aspects were a little forced the 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 young lady that plays i don't know the plot line was kind of crazy it was it was a little much for me. It was just like too much stuff trying to fit it in some cool scenes, but overall it just kind of was like, I, I just wanted Sopranos. And also too, they hyped up Tony's son being in it. Like the real life James Gandolfini's real life son being in it. He was like barely in it. I was like, so fucking pumped to see him like commit his first murder and do something fucking Tony like, and just, just kind of fell short. That, I love that Nick threw a score on Austin, just a random out of 10 score. You, you're scoring your stream of the weeks now. It's like, now you just got to throw <laughs> random oh, point scores or whatever we do. What, what do we rate this podcast tonight? 4.7 for us. But <laughs> for Grayson gets pretty out high. Out of five. Yeah. So far. No, but, uh, like our Apple reviews. <laughs> I mean, I, I will say the Apple reviews are great when we get a new one. I like the, the homeboy that hit us up. So shout out to you. No, I love those people more than my family. <laughs> okay, so it's a 7 out of 10, not that great. Is there anything you, you're enjoying The Wire? I'll tell you, I had Steve Buscemi just showed up in, in Soprano season five. Ooh. So I am, I'm in it. I'm pumped. I fucking love Steve Buscemi. He's like one oh, of yeah. my actors. So, so, so excited. It's fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's working at the laundromat, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Great season. I like the, like I said, I love the later season of Sopranos. Five and six, like I said, the ending gets a lot of shit, but I love season five and six of Sopranos. It's really good shit. Good. Good. All right. Before we hit the hitters this week, boys, I will say, listen to a book, send it to you guys. It's a movie we talk about a lot here. 
there's some dissension in the ranks. No country for old men. Look, if you've got an extra audible credit and you just want to listen to a seven hour version of a two hour movie with a bit more depth, it's absolutely fantastic. I, I listened to it for the first time. I read it maybe 10, 15 years ago. It's fucking perfect. And, and the, the narrator is basically doing the voices. It, it's cool. Dan, you're a fiction reader. I'm not. I'd never listened to a fiction book. So I didn't know, like, they play the different voices to add different dialect. It, 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 yeah, they have they have actors like usually the person who reads the book is like a legit well-trained actor. I would actually what I would 1000 percent read the book before I'd watch that movie again. I started a good book. Too. Like you want a good book? You would. Yeah, like I, I probably would. I, I, I probably would more than the movie. I think my main issue with the movies, is I'm just not a big Coen Brothers fan. Like, I don't need all that artsy fartsy bullshit. Just give me the fucking movie. I started a good book that was recommended to me. Beartown. That's a it's a fiction book about a hockey team in Sweden. Pretty dope so far. <laughs> So random. <laughs> Who recommended it to you? I was talking calories. Sean, homeboy that listens to the pod. Sean, Sean recommended it a while ago. I love you, Sean. It's my boy. Any good hitters this week? I, I got one that comes from a stream. We'll tie it all together here. So best thing Dan ever did for me was introduce me to the rewatchables. So they did the redeparted this week. So I watched the departed last night. And you know Scorsese's always always good for a good soundtrack. And I heard some Nas come on during departed thieves theme hot little track there yeah i I recently watched that movie really good still holds up great dan what do you got this movie uh, this one came out a while ago i just didn't really know about or listen to it home by machine gun kelly and ex-ambassadors i'm not sure i know that one it's a jam i I promise you like once you hear it you'll know but it's really really great chorus i love it cool i have Anne berlin feel good drag Pop punk. It's good. A little different. I don't think we have Amber Lynn on yet. And shout out to the queen. She's coming back October 15th. Adele will be dropping new music for the first time since 2015. Little known fact, boys. I do like a nice scented candle and I fucking love Adele. Like top five artists for me. So can't wait. You're not going to talk about the other release coming out October 16th that you sent to us today. Tell me more. Two zero. Oh God! Of course, I just wrote it down. Big Booty Mix Volume Twenty, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, get your booties ready. I'm already getting it. You know, I'm I'm fired up. So they're performing it live, like out in the desert. Like, are we doing a live reaction podcast after they drop Big Booty Twenty or what? Can you guys, can you guys? I'm not involved because I'm not a Big Booty listener. Can you guys please, please listen to it the fucking second it comes out and do it? Like, I, like it'll be great. Just do like a ten minute recap do like we did with the crossfit open give us like 10 give it get i want nick and our bikers with our wives videoing us all right ah, shit I, we, I guess we'd have to be facetiming and then maybe i'll get mal to video us from the beyond and and we'll be able to talk and and you know be able to ramp up to the first 10 minutes of big booty mix we'll see what we can do we'll get creative i, I was 60 really, minute imam there's 60 minute ooh. mix-ups we just gotta just gotta go <laughs> 60 minute this, this email. Is how we end up meeting each other the first time ever. I mean, October, this could be big. This could be big. No, but I'm, I'm really fired up. Big booty mix. Dan still big booty mix. 19. One of the best things put together. You should, you should really stumble upon it sometime. Well, I hear it at our gym plays it 20 or played it back 24 seven. So I I've heard it like I'm familiar with it, but if you know, I love just having my own, if I'm in my own dwelling, I just got the controls. I'm going to go full songs. I hear you. I'm with you. That's like that's like that two year gap between me and you guys, or three year gap. 
is like my generation doesn't do as well with let, 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 let's relax with the my generation thing my we, generation. Are, we are in the same generation very literally and you know we all do the same stupid bullshit on on instagram <laughs> and all that looking at the same memes other than rob you know <laughs> you're not that different than us dan very different <laughs> all right well this has been fun hopefully you guys enjoyed this <laughs> We will be back next week with some more heat. Have a good one. Later.